0: Welcome to the New Hope 365 Podcast. Our youth group, G1, currently meets from 7 to 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. They have a lot of fun activities planned this summer, so be sure to follow their Instagram account, NH365students, to keep up with the latest. Our adult and children's ministries meet Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m., and we'd love to have you join us. Masks are optional. And now, here is today's message where the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, I mean, this is that, that's what we desire. Honestly, this is what we desire. Is we desire, I desire, you desire, where the Spirit of the Lord is, that's, that's what we want. Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying? How are you working? What is it you're communicating in my life and in the lives of others? I have, as I've been spending time in prayer, the thing that has been coming to my mind more and more for the 21st century church. And I don't mean gathering, just gathering. I'm talking about people that call themselves Christians is this. And I know this has been a cliche for a long time and it needs to stop being a cliche and it needs to be something that is done. We truly need a revival. We no no, we we need a revival of the souls of believers in Jesus. And until that happens, we will we will do our best. We will, we still, we want to see the hungry fed. We want to see, we want to see people that are broken become whole. We want to see, we want to have dynamic worship experiences, all of that type of stuff. But honestly, I'm not really, I'm really just not that interested in going through the motions of what is called church. I'm just not. We, we need a revival, and not a revival that is just like where people, where they just fall down and people run around. And, all, and, and, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with running around or falling down. And honestly, if that's happening, I would pray that that's the Spirit of God. But I am interested in a revival in which the very core of who I am no longer is living for myself, but is living for God. Where it's no longer, where Paul, like the Apostle Paul says, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me, and the life which I used to live in my flesh, I now live for God. I live for God. <laughs> and and how how is it that, in, if you go into the new testament or even in scripture and you look at people that at one point were like screaming and persecuting people and and hating people and like uh, uh, cutting off a soldier's ear in a, in the garden you know where they're coming to take jesus away they cut off an ear and all of a sudden on in acts chapter two they then have an encounter with the spirit of god and then they begin to go and live their life sold sold out for jesus that ultimately they will do what They will will go to a cross and die a martyr because they've been so revived in their soul. That is something we need. It will cost us. It will cost us. And I think our Heavenly Father, no, I know. I know our Heavenly Father knew that. Because we have a universal problem. Here's the universal problem it's called idolatry. And idolatry, as I've been talking in this series on knowing you and understanding our identity, idolatry is what? Anything that we put over living in Christ Jesus. Anything. Anything. A car. An electronic device, spouse, child, anything you put over Jesus is idolatry. To which you and I both go, well, that's hard. That's why you need revival. That's why you can't do it on your own. That's why sitting here today some of us some of us may be so frustrated over the fact that we we go through the motions and we but we under we know inside who we really are and we know that something needs to shift and and stir up so that we so that we don't have to live in idolatry anymore and and our heavenly father today is saying to you you don't have to live in idolatry anymore but in order to live acts two, you have to be revived. And so in knowing that our Heavenly Father was gracious enough in saying, if your identity is in me, and you walk in that identity, you will not be living in idolatry. And when you're not living in idolatry, and you're living in me, I want you to know something. You're going to experience things that we call rewards. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of like rewards. I kind of like rewards. I I love rewards. In fact, I... isn't it great when you get a certificate because you've done something? Or, or Okay, tell, for, for a moment, and on line two, what reward have you gotten over the years? Just for fun, what cool reward have you gotten over the years? And this is not rhetorical. This is just I'm asking. I'm curious. What reward have you gotten over the years? Tell me. Kids. What? Kids. Kids can be, right? I'm just, I'm t- I Yeah, it's a, but <laughs> kids, kids definitely are a reward and a blessing. In fact, the scripture talks about a quiver full as blessed as are you that have that many children a diploma diploma. what a great reward what else maybe it could be something unique to you i got this thing who else what reward A, a bonus is a good good reward right what else Ooh, miniature golf. You got rewarded f- uh, by going to be able to do that? You, you, you won. And what, did, and what did they give you? Oh, how cool is that? You get your name? Yes. Hey, that's fun. And that's something new I never knew about you, Marcy. Wait. And for those of you that want to know what that is, you'll have to talk to Marcy even more online. If it, um, what else? Rewards. What's that? Your home. A blessing, a reward that God has graced you with. Okay, let's let's go on. Why are rewards a big deal in the kingdom of God? Now this is, again, for those of you that would like to interact a little bit with me. Why are rewards such a big deal in the kingdom of God? Sometimes it's a confirmation that, that maybe you're doing something right right hey who doesn't like that anybody else why why rewards it gives something to give back to him like basically a sacrifice of saying hey thank you god for what you've given me but i i I return it to you as a as, as a praise back to you god huh anybody else Yeah, yes, the rewards for sure. Bless us. So, now, that being said, is living for rewards is my title today. And living and just so you know, if you're a Christian here today and you're going, you know what, I don't I don't want to live for rewards. Well, here's I'm just gonna let you know. If God thinks rewards are a pretty big deal, and he's God, then us being carnal need to be really cool with receiving rewards. And did you know that part of your identity? I have said in this series, in the book of Ephesians, that we are image bearers of God. One of our, understand this, that in being an image bearer of God, there are things that are tied to you as an individual, as a Christian, and one of those is this. When somebody goes, Who are you? You're like, I'm rewarded. What? I'm rewarded. What are you rewarded for? <laughs> I don't know. Well, why are you getting all these? Why are you getting this house? Or why are you, why are you having, you know, and some of you go, well, what about those that don't get a house and so forth? Well, interesting, you would ask. Because some of us are rewarded very differently than other people, and some of us would call it a reward, and some of us would call it a curse. Right? So, so we get to Ephesians. In chapter 6, and you, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. I also have it on the screen for you, and online you'll be able to see it uh, there as well. And this, this particular portion of Scripture has been broken apart in different ways, but today I, I'm choosing to specifically tackle it as, as what I believe, um, as I've been reading it as of late, I just think that this is a great way to perceive this. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother all the days of your life. That's my little, you know, improvise a little bit. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Ah, so rewards aren't just eternally based, are they? There's actually something to, oh, it's not just what you'll experience in the afterlife, in eternity, you'll actually experience here in the life now because he says you will have a long life on the earth. And we would always tell our children growing up, do you want to live long? Right? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. There's a whole lot to this, and I don't have time to break down all the components and pieces of this, but here we go. So he's taught fathers. Don't don't provoke. Do, Do what you need to do. Bring them up. Discipline, instruction comes from the Lord. Slaves, Obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time. Not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember. That the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do. Whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven. And he has no favorites. Except for you, of course. You're his favorite. Okay. This this concept here today is one that, that literally, in, as I was reading it and processing it, the Lord is going, your identity is I'm rewarded. Can you say that with me? I am rewarded. I am rewarded. I am rewarded. It is, it is part of your DNA if you are a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ. This is big. This is so, so good. And, and for many of us, we go, hmm, Man, rewards, rewards, rewards. And, and uh, in just a moment, I'll, I'll break that down, but I want to clarify something. When, when I was reading this, I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's especially interesting in the 21st century. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely, that's his verse 5, as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm so that though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember, the Lord will reward each one of you for the good you do. So we live in a culture that, that has, you know, all of this, you know, some racial movement and all of these types of things. I'm sitting here going, Paul, what are you, what are you saying? Are you endorsing racism and slavery and so on? And so as I, I needed to give you a little caveat, a little clarifier here with, particular, with this particularly as it relates to slavery and rewards. The North American slave trade and what it was and what it had been and what it meant for for the world was evil at its core all the way, period. God never endorsed, nor did Paul endorse. And you go, but wait a second. In the culture in Jesus' day and in the first century A.D., it was commonplace that people, in fact, all groups and races and so forth, had slaves. But it wasn't the type of slaveness that we, that we in North America were we had propped up and were endorsing even under the banner of Christendom. It was, it was the fact that they oftentimes owed a debt and they would go work for an individual to pay off that debt. They then would pay off the debt, and then they would be, in fact, in, in many cases, it was a wealthier person that would then in turn treat them well, treat them well and, and kindly. In fact, when they were done serving off their debt, taking care of their debt, imagine that if you owed a bank, you go work for the bank. And then they, they would stay there, and in often cases they would even get a raise or a bonus or whatever, and then there were those that just were in such abject poverty that they would go and they would, they would say, I can't even take care of my family. I can't even help anybody. I need your help. I make myself a slave to you. And so throughout the, throughout the New Testament, when they're talking about slaves and slavery, they're not talking and endorsing the North American way. They obviously had no idea what that, what that would mean. But at that time, and I'm not saying there weren't abuses. But it primary was in their culture that they're saying, you're gonna, if you're going to be a master or if you're going to be a slave, and we're going to have masters and we're going to have slaves, and some of you are, will be one. And, so, and in many cases, even in the New Testament church, you could be a slave and be an elder in a church. And even an elder over what? A wealthy businessman or woman. And so, understand that Paul, when he's, when he's saying this, he's saying, OK, understand that when you, are, when you um, are talking about rewards and all that, don't, don't get caught up into uh, uh, being a, a slave in, in, in all of this, in fact, culturally, don't get caught up in thinking that Paul, as, as I was reading, is Paul that Paul would in any level, say, "I endorse people being owned." Understand that that's, that's not what Paul is saying. In fact, he's just taking the social situation speaking to it Uh, not not speaking to it intensely then I get through this text and as I'm talking about our I am the living for rewards I began to realize that God does love to reward and let me give you some scriptures about what what, whether you're wondering about these rewards and whether you're a slave or you're free Um, he says masters treat treat everybody the same honor one another work with one another be enthusiastic all of those things treat your children right treat your parents right why Matthew 5:11 through 12 I'm going to read you some encouraging verses let's look at Matthew 5:11 God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers be happy about it great i am happy they're mocking me and persecuting me and saying evil be happy be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven and remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way why do you think god gave us rewards I think that our Heavenly Father knows that we need a lot of motivation. I think our Heavenly Father knows that in our circumstances, in our situations, that every day, carnally, ebb and flow, we're wrestling, we're wondering, why why can't I why can't I go and do that? Why can't I say that to you? <laughs> My neighbor said that or my co-worker said, why Why can't I be rude to you? Why can't I be, why is it that I have to, why is it that you can have all of that? I, and, and I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to surrender. Why? Wait a second. Why am I having to do this, God? And our heavenly father is going, oh, for great Reward awaits you in heaven. Remember, the prophets were persecuted in the same way. Okay, Matthew 6 19 through 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. Here's the thing who doesn't like to store up treasures? Do you like treasures? I like movies about treasures. I like books about treasures. I love watching things and, under, and, and reading about this store where moth and, and, and rust destroys him, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your desires of your heart will be also. So what? What in the world? I'm, he's telling us: don't live for stuff. Your what's your wait 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 what's your identity? I am rewarded. What is, what is it that we primarily do? We like rewards now. And we like to bestow them on ourselves. And we like to get things. And we like, to, we like to accumulate things and have more stuff and all of these types of things. And our Heavenly Father seems to say, hmm, maybe, maybe there's a better way. Now, we don't like that scripture, do we? Hmm look at matthew twenty five twenty three the master said, and see he 's using imagery here master, slave, bond servants he 's using this, and he 's interweaving this into the in, in, with the cultural understanding the master The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities, and let 's celebrate together. It seems to me that your identity of reward is tied to what you did with reward here on earth. And I don't know one Christian that doesn't want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But our Heavenly Father knew that it would take sacrifice, that it would take, it would take handling things righteously, It would take acts to revival to actually be able to be responsible enough to one day hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Oh, let's keep going. Luke 6.35, love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. That can't be right. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful. He, he, he's what? And wicked. You are rewarded. You, the things that you are living for, understand this, that in our carnality, in our struggle, in our wrestle that we're going through in life and you're going to have it and you're going to have days where you're like I, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to go there. I'm not interested in sa- I'm not I'm not inter- interested in sacrificing for anybody. I don't want to give up anything. I don't want to give up my time. I don't want to give up my money. I don't want to give up resources. I don't want to give up anything because God it's too painful. But but, but Jason, you understand that you are rewarded. It's your identity. Ah, God, you're going to have to do something Acts 2 in me and Holy Spirit in me and something transformative in me because I do not want to do this. Okay, Romans 6, Romans 2, 6 through 8. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth, and instead live lives of wickedness. So he will judge. But understand this, your judgment, understand, when you are doing good and kind and all that, it's a representation of the kingdom of God inside of you by his spirit. It's a representation of the spirit of God in you. You're not doing it to earn salvation. Let me clarify. You're not doing it to earn salvation. You're doing it because the kingdom of God dwells inside of you. And when the kingdom is inside of you, you out of the outflow of that, you do good and help and, and so forth. And and what what our judgment is is not a judgment of where you're condemned, and it's t- determining oh you're going to go to hell or you're going to go to heaven. It's it's your rewards. To the Christian, your judgment is your rewards for the good that you've done, or lack of rewards for nothing that you for you've done nothing. Hmm. So, Romans 14, 10. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down at another believer? Remember, he will stand before the judgment seat of God. That is, I'm going to get rewarded. So why do you look at, well, they're not serving. Well, they're not helping. They didn't give anything. They're not doing, and the Lord's going, don't understand your identity is rewarded. What you do and even what God sees in private and hidden, he's going to reward one day. We we forget and it's okay to go, man, Lord, I'm doing this one today and I sure hope there's a reward in it because my flesh doesn't want that. So why? Why do you look down at the other believer? Remember, he will stand at the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Keep rolling. Colossians 3.23. No, 1 Corinthians Three thirteen, but on the judgment day, fire will, will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder re, will receive a reward. So my question is: Is are you wanting what you've done to be burned up because it was just it was just something? In fact, the, the Lord says, y, you, "You did it, but it was mediocre at best, and it wasn't done with a heart that honored me." Hmm. <laughs> Colossians three twenty three. work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ okay, so I'm going to stop there what is your reward? if you're rewarded, it's your identity I'm curious of what you think your reward will be one day Because I think this is a big struggle for the church. (laughs) Why? Because honestly, I would love that, that house, or I would love that car, or I would like that little device, or I would like this little thing. And I'm not saying any of that is wrong. But my point is, is that's immediacy, right? It's immediacy. It's now. I got it. In fact, it's getting a lot worse for culture. And you say, no, this is great. Amazon in two hours. Amazon, well, they're having the reward at your door. And some of us like more rewards than others. And every time the doorbell rings or every time a knock or every time we see them through the camera that something showed up. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. We're like, "Woo!" you're excited. The thing that you had. And then any time that I have to wait like three days, I'm going, why can't they get it? Amazon can and so what has happened is that we forget that our Heavenly Father is going, you're not looking and just living for the moment. You're actually understanding in kingdom that you're going to get rewarded for what you have done. So I'm curious. What's your reward going to be in heaven? I'm asking now. Online, you can type it in too. What will it be? Kind of a big deal. Kind of Motivational. Kind of like something that makes you get up in the morning and go, I'm not laboring in vain. Right? What is that going to be? I'm curious. There's no right or wrong here, by the way. No more tears. Man, take those away. That in and of itself, you know. But sometimes you need a good cry. I'm just messing with you, Marcy. What else? But no more tears. Basically what she's saying, no more pain, no more, no more sorrow. That's pretty that's pretty good reward. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. So you're like, you're like, surprise me, surprise me. What if you open took the ribbon off and you open it up and you're like, oh geez. (laughs) I mean, I went through all of that for that. You know what's behind door number three? What else? Okay, you want, so a reward, a reward of, of being able to, you obviously love worship, and then as you love worship, you would like to experience what true heavenly worship would be like. Hmm. Some of us would go that maybe you're not like one of those worshipers, you're like, that doesn't sound like a, a, a blessing and a reward. I'm just being candid, but for some that is a great reward. What else? You're rewarded. You're rewarded. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, think about that. He's he's gone to prepare a place for us. And I like to think that if it took him whether you believe in a literal six-day creation or whatever, he's been gone since like first century AD, meaning Jesus ascended to heaven, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If he's been working that long <laughs> on our place, that's going to be something pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. and And I... I can, you know, mind cannot conceive, but the Bible says that I hath not seen, ear hath not heard. Mind cannot conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. And so you go, I'm looking forward to that. This is big for us, church, because he, he has been preparing a place, but, but what is it that you're living for today? What are you living for? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to get real candid and this is this is very vulnerable. Most of the time I'm living for me. And most of the time I'm driven by self. And most of the time I don't see the needs that need to be seen. Most of the time, I walk by pain. Most of the time, (laughs) I'm like, not today, God. Not today. And that's why I'm in need of revival. That's why I'm in need of revival. Because when it talks about that our things that we have done, it's not for salvation. But it is for rewards that I have not seen, mine cannot conceive what God has prepared for us. And here's the thing, if what what we didn't do and even what we did do, but we were doing it with the wrong motives and all of that, the Lord is saying, you're going to survive barely through fire, and those things are going to be haywood and stubble. It's like, just imagine, and you're like trying to visualize that. I'm not talking, I'm using that kind of as a, as a picture of when we stand before God, any of the wasted stuff is going to be basically taken away. And you're going to get rewarded for what you did to glorify God. And the way that you glorify God is to have no other gods before you. You are either in Christ or you are in idolatry. And I'm asking you to check your motives and why you're living and what you're doing, period. Understanding that your identity is one of reward. So that no longer, no longer is it going to be just going through the motions, but seeking his kingdom come, his will be done. I'm going to read one last one to you. Revelation 20, verse 12, if you can put that up on the screen. Ah, you, you are, I'm rewarded, it's my identity. I saw the dead... John on the island of Patmos, both dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were open. And the book of life, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Ah, let's go to, let's go to um, Revelation twenty two twelve. Look, I am coming soon. And what am I doing? I'm bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. Don't tell me we don't need a revival. Don't tell me we don't need our motivations and the things in our life changed. I do every day. I want that, his, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to continually be working and dwelling in me that literally as soon as he is coming that he will say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. So with that said, what are you living for? Because your identity in Christ is rewarded. Not only in this life, but in the life yet to come. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord Jesus, there is so much to be said about this topic. I don't have time to hit it all. But I do know this. That those that are hungry, God, will receive, will digest, We'll process today what you are saying to us. Lord Jesus, may we decrease and may you increase. Lord Jesus, may our, may, may our desires, God, that are, are wrong or carnal or, or where they're just driven by the flesh, may they die. And God, may you come alive in us by your spirit. For God, we want to be in you. We want to be in Christ. That is your anointing on our life. We don't want to be living in in idolatry. We want to be living for you. And God, we cannot do this without Acts 2. Your church, the New Testament church, couldn't do it without that. We are in need of it. And God, for some reason, things have been held off. And at bay. it feels like, or it seems like, for some time over your church. But just as even Sam was singing today, that the atmosphere's changing. Bring an atmosphere of change, but God, let us not push it away. Let us receive it. And not just in a, in a, a hyped way, but in a way that literally changes the way we walk, talk, think, see, everything changes. May, God, we be doers of your word, not merely hearers deceiving ourselves. Oh, God, help us to live a life that honors you and understands that, God, in the pain and the struggle, in all that we will go through, no matter what sacrifice that may look like, that we will be rewarded one day for it. Woo. Let that sink deep in our hearts, God. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, over this room, online, anybody that will listen, now or in the future, may they seek you, God. May they pursue, God, you. May you meet them where they're at. Oh, God, and may, Lord Jesus, your kingdom be uh, taken and spread not only just throughout this community, but around the world because of people that are truly willing to live the word of God. We can't do it on our own. It's for your glory. We need your strength today. Thank you, Jesus. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, if there's anybody that does not know Jesus, I pray over you today and I invite you to invite him into your life. I invite you to accept him, to ask for pardon of your sin, forgiveness, and receive the grace that he can bestow on you and will if you'll receive it. Online, same thing. And as you do, The journey of knowing Jesus will begin to take place like never before. And I would love to talk with you. Jesus, I pray right now over those individuals. You know the heart, and you transform the heart. Thank you, Jesus. In your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.